What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle and Grind podcast. My name is Jason Hartwell from JK Blades, and I'm here as always with Ryan Coakley from Ryan Chadbourne Knife Works. And Hello. the time of year has come again. We're getting excited, and uh, we all know why. We got a big deal coming up, and we got a special guest to help us get pumped up and get ready. We have Miss Alicia Newton back on with us again. Hey, Alicia. Hey there, super excited to be back. Yeah, it's been a year, so it's time again. It is. (laughs) So if anybody doesn't know who Alicia is, she is the director of Blade Show. Um, Her other titles include Main Boss and The Bomb. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she texted me last year. And then probably some other ones that are not appropriate to say on air. (laughs) Right, right. Well, we're completely unfiltered and unedited here, so feel free to, to do it up however you want. (laughs) <laughs> sometimes, unfortunately, sometimes. Yes. <laughs> well, I know for one, I am getting crazy excited for Blade Show. It seems like we were just there, but then again, it seems like it's been too long. It's time to be back. Exactly. You know, I think the most exciting thing about this year is normalcy. It's just, you know, we're not plagued with um, questions about masks and COVID protocols and, um, you know, so it's, it's going to be blade show. Like we all used to know and love and, you know, 2021 was still a great year and everybody was excited for the community to back, back together again, but we get to welcome our international friends back. And I think that's going to be huge too. Yeah. There were definitely some, some tables that were missed, you know, mm-hmm. with all that international stuff, not being allowed last year, but last year there was, I think you said there's 150 less vendors than normal, but it seemed full to me last year. I don't know if you guys just laid it out different to where it looked full, but you know, it it looked like normal blade show. It felt it felt right. You know, we did. I, I, I definitely implemented some strategy and kind of how I laid everything out and tried to to spread it out a little bit more. And um, I think too, like we said, we still even blade show 2021. We are just shy of 800 exhibitors, so that's still not a small event. It's small what we're used to having for a Blade Show, but I think the message that was received probably the most after 2021 was maybe the quantity of people wasn't there, but the quality of people was there and the quality of buying was there. Yeah, for and sure. And believe it or not, we had some people said that was their best Blade Show ever, so... Stranger things have happened. <laughs> well, I had a blast, but I always do. So, um, yeah, I remember looking around, and there were some people that I was expecting to see that weren't there, you know. Mm-hmm. But in the places where you would normally see those people, there was other things, not even vendors in place of it. But, you know, like that giant-ass truck that was in there. Yes. That, that took up that like was, 10 uh, booths worth of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that was courtesy of Microtech, and that was actually awesome. And in an ideal world, um, you know, they would squeeze that in this year. But unfortunately and fortunately, you know, a lot of our friends are coming back, and and we need that space, and we want to welcome as many people as we can in the community. So, um, you know, we're still working on some ideas on what we can do with that, though. Yeah, I looked at that truck and looked at the door, and I'm like, how did they get that in here? Air, air, uh, the big, believe it or not, there's a huge bay dock door right there on the side of the building. Massively big. Oh, so they okay. just drove it right in. 
Okay, gotcha. Well, yeah, I guess that's probably the side door where we all sneak off to go smoke real quick. You know, it's exactly what it is. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yep, I know right what you're talking about. Yes. Well, we got uh, what is it? Two months, right? Right at two months, April, May, June. Yeah, actually less. I think we're we're. I don't think we can use months. I think we're into weeks now. Yeah, we might be. <laughs> we're into weeks. Right. We're at about six and a half weeks. So yeah. Yeah, last year I had the uh, I hadn't been to the Blade Show website yet this year for it, but last year there was the countdown to They're, whenever it's still you. There, yes, is it still going? Yes, I had it on one of my little tabs on my home screen, and every now and then I click it just to see, you know, how many days, hours, weeks, minutes still till it came. So, yes, and the great thing is, you know, a lot of our exhibitors. Um, you know, even though it is only April 18th, a lot of our exhibitors are already starting to post works in progress and, you know, um, things that they're doing and products that they will be bringing. And the hype is really already starting, which is, you know, great. And that when our exhibitors do that, that really makes a huge difference from kind of getting people excited about product that they're going to see. And there's a direct relationship with that to even ticket sales. You know, a week, two weeks before Blade Show Texas, people just were, our exhibitors were so awesome about posting their products. And when you start to see the actual product that's going to be there, the ticket sales just start to skyrocket. And so, believe it or not, even people just posting, you know, works in progress right now or things they're working on or things they're bringing that really just starts to get everyone psyched and, and the hype and the sales, et cetera. It looked, looked like that Texas show was huge this year. It was great. It was a great event. And uh, even I, who've been doing this since 2010, you know, Atlanta, I'm never really um, at a loss for words in terms of attendance because it's Blade Show Atlanta. But Blade Show Texas, we really didn't know what to expect. And, yeah. It was it was beyond even anything I imagined it was going to be, which is great. <laughs> yes, which is great. I saw the pictures of the lines, and it felt like Atlanta. It did feel like Atlanta, and they came in there running when we opened those doors. <laughs> it was just like Atlanta, but it was exciting to see, and and we're excited about you know doing an event there too. So, well, unfortunately, Ryan here, he's in Maine, and he uh, he's never been to a blade show, and he he thinks that there should be a blade show. Northeast. You know, there's a lot of people that think we should do blade shows all over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there's not enough time in the year for us to do all those blade shows. <laughs> we need about three more that. extra months. <laughs> yeah. It's it's mainly my own selfishness. It's fine. It's you know And Maine is beautiful. I mean, I would, you know, be happy to come to Maine. <laughs> Maine is beautiful. <laughs> for two months out of the year. Yes. Yeah. Which two are those? The ones that where it's not frozen? Uh July and August. Okay. <clears throat> so, exactly. So yeah, where are you at so right old. now, Alicia, as far as getting ready for the show? You know, we are that is the great thing about <clears throat> us being back to, as I said at the beginning, normalcy. So you know, I don't have all those extra contingencies that I had to deal with in the 2021 show. So now we're in a nice spot of, you know, getting all the information out to exhibitors and now starting to work on 
kind of the back end logistics of things that I need to do, working with our decorator, getting all the signage, all those back end things that really it's tough to explain. Nobody would um, know, but obviously it's what makes the blade show look like the blade show when everybody gets there. Right. You know, getting all those things ordered, getting everything ready, getting everything um, set up. That's really what I'm focused on now at this point is just making sure that all of our ducks in a row, everything's ready, flying down to Atlanta next week to go um, through everything with all of our teams. You know, we've been doing a, the Blade Show at Cobb Galleria. I think this will be our 27th year at Cobb Galleria, um, which is awesome. So really our team on the on the ground there is almost an, an extension of my staff, which is great. You know, we've been working with them all so long, and that really helps us in terms of producing a successful show, having all those partners down there that have been a part of this event for so long. Well, I'm only an hour and a half south of Atlanta, so if you need some help when you get up there, you let me know. I'd love to be part of the Blade Show team now, for real. <laughs> it's a it's a job that, you know, <laughs> some people want and some people don't want. I think it'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we're looking forward to it. I actually went today. Um, I went back and listened to last year's episode, you know, the Blade Show Hype Edition. And it got me thinking about it. And I said, man, I got to find the hotel room. Go ahead and get it booked. The Cobb is sold out already for, for the hotel rooms. And, well, for it, so hotel rooms, we block as we do every year with a, company we have about 15 hotel room blocks that we um set up in advance with discounted pricing and um but a lot of people don't realize which you know if they are if they get a chance to listen to this there are so many spam companies out there so many scamming companies out there that will try to reach out to our exhibitors and get them to book hotels we always say they are a spam company unless it literally comes with the word blade in it from us. It is not a legit company. Um, and the nice thing with us being able to set up these room blocks in advance now is, you know, those of you that have been there, you know, the Atlanta brave stadium is across the street. Mm -hmm. There are games. Some years they're there when we are, some years they're not. Also, when we're able to get all of our room blocks set up way in advance, then we can control that rate, which is nice because otherwise, if you don't block inside our room rate and it's a weekend that the Braves are there, you're going to see really significant higher prices for hotel rooms. Yeah, they had uh, on the chart for June, every day was like 260 to $280, except for June 3rd and 4th was $788 and $742. Mm -hmm. That's insane for one night in a hotel room. I mean, the Waverly yes. is a beautiful hotel, but... I don't know if it's $800 worth of beautiful. Yeah, and we've been super fortunate this year to get, for the first time ever, We were the hotel actually let us book the entire hotel. So we have the entire hotel for the first time ever. Oh, wow. But it's also the most popular hotel. So the minute we pretty much go live with our hotel blocks, that Waverly Hotel will sell out in about two hours. So... It, it goes fast. So so they're not actually sold out. 
They're sold out to Blade Show. Right. No, it's sold out. We have every single room. And traditionally what we do is we hold a percentage of rooms for exhibitors and a percentage of rooms for attendees. And so we'll go out with our exhibitor announcement first, and exhibitors can book at any of our hotels. And then a couple days later, we go out with our announcement to our attendees. But we do hold a percentage at all the hotels because it wouldn't be fair to attendees not to have a chance right yeah we're gonna have to go ahead and try to book something pretty quick last year we ended up at a a dump of a hotel just like a complete bad spot to be in but uh we actually ended up going back to the waverly and i think someone must have canceled because we got a room at the waverly the day of the show to stay there that night and that's possible because last year we personally did not have the whole hotel booked. Mm-hmm. So that's probably what happened right. last year. But now, yeah, there's a wait list. Okay, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties with Alicia's audio, but... We're going to keep on trucking. She's still on the screen. Can you hear us? I can hear you now. Okay, good. <laughs> She's smoothed out. There we go. Now you're back. But anyway, yeah, I wanted to stay at the Waverly, but uh, I'm going to have to find one of those other ones that's close because we stay in the pit way too late, just like everyone else. You know, I don't right. want to be trying to find an Uber at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. But, well, uh, like we said, if you go on our website and hit on our travel section, we've – We've pretty much blocked rooms all within walking distance of the actual Cobb Galleria. Right. I'll have to check that out for sure. So, yeah, I didn't even know that was an option. Yes. So, all right. So, let's kick it back a little bit. I'm curious. How did you get involved with Blade Show to start out with? I I was thinking that you talked about that last year, but we never made it there because we were kind of rapid firing through a lot of people. Well, and I think... Would do this? I mean, I was already on site, so I think we literally did this like a day before Blade Show opened. We did. So, you had to find a chair to um, sit in. <laughs> you're exactly right. I did. So this is this is a little easier. Um, I got into Blade Show. I worked for a company that I was hired as their events person, and at the time, at my heyday with the company, I was running about 22 events. So Blade Show was one of them. And then, um, obviously, as it continued to grow, in 2018, we got purchased by the company that has us now. And so I was I am no longer with that company that used to have all those events that I ran. And actually, that company got bought off and all the events got parceled off and went to different companies. So I now was running the blade show. And then as time has gone on, we've been able to add, um, we had already started blade show West and then COVID, you know, took its impact, but we obviously now have blade show, Texas and blade show West. So we have three properties, but really it was just kind of handed to me in a package of 20 other events that I was running at the time. I obviously had a much bigger team and and everything else at that time, but we also were, like I said, running so many other events. 
Well, that's interesting. So you went from running a whole bunch of events to now just Blade Show full-time. Blade Show full-time. It's that big. But with, like, <laughs> about a tenth of the staff. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. I've always wondered how people end up in those kind of spots. I guess you just one of those right time, right place kind of deals, huh? It was. And, you know, at the time, I didn't know anything about knives. And I would still even not consider myself even close to an expert. I definitely know way more than I did years ago. But, you know, I've been doing this since 2010. And, um, you know, if you would have told me in 2010, I would still be doing this in 2022. I'm not sure I would have believed you at the time. But, you know, now I can't imagine myself doing anything else but this. I mean, it's become it's a great job. Um, the rewards are more than I could probably even talk about. Uh, and, you know, just the people. It really, truly is one of the most amazing communities to be a part of. And not just because of the knife making, but just because of the, you know, again, I'm. Oh, shit. <laughs> yep, that's a big oh, shit moment. So it uh, looks like Alicia was having some technical difficulties. She has completely left the room. So um, I guess me and you, Ryan, we'll just keep on rambling, see if she can kick back in. Um Keep on hustling and keep on grinding. That's right. I've heard that somewhere before. So, yeah, I don't want to, like, kind of bore her with our bullshit, but while we're waiting, what have you been up to this week? Uh, just trying to crank shit out so I can feel caught up enough to work on, like, house projects and stuff. Getting ready for your, uh, your deck and all that kind of shit? I built a deck last year, but I got to do... Uh, the fence first so the dogs can run around and stonework and concrete work and yeah sounds fun i wonder if she's still talking i hope not <laughs> yeah she's completely out of this meeting it had to have just went blank on her side um so yeah yesterday was easter happy easter and uh Thanks. We went out to my grandparents' house out in the country, and, you know, everybody's got that one uncle. We we say it down here anyway. Everybody's got that one uncle that you never know what's going to happen or, you know, what he's going to say, what he's going to do. So we were all just doing our thing yesterday, eating, having a good time, and he hollers. He's like, who wants some ducks? And I'm like, what? Who wants ducks? What, is, what the hell is he talking about now? And out there it would not be uncommon, you know, to eat duck especially for a holiday or something. So um, we're thinking he just he smoked some ducks or something like that. Well, no, he had uh, somebody that wanted to get rid of two ducks. So we're like, shit, we'll take them. Didn't know anything about them and uh, turned out they were huge. Well, uh, now we're going to build a pond because we now have ducks on the property. So we went from having no ducks to two ducks and getting ready to build a pond in – 24 hours time isn't it funny how that works yeah (laughs) duck is delicious well that was my original plan for the ducks whenever you know he said does anybody want duck i was like cool i got room in the freezer you know what i mean but when they got there obviously the wife saw them and now they're freaking cute so we're gonna have a pond alicia welcome back i don't know what i can hear everything you guys are saying and see see you 
Oh, you, you're back. You completely left the screen. It looked like you just all the way left the room. Nope. <laughs> well, I'm glad we didn't start talking shit about you while you were gone, if you could still hear us. <laughs> yeah, I heard everything. Oh, well, yeah. The ducks and everything. Yep, we got ducks now. <laughs> and then today I was out there fooling around with the ducks, just moving some stuff around in the coop and all that. And I glanced over. And I seen something on the ground. It looked like a piece of trash, like a candy wrapper or something, you know, just kind of moving in the wind. And I went over there to pick it up, and it was a baby bird. It was like the size of a walnut. And there was four of them on the ground right there. Do you feed them to the ducks? (laughs) (laughs) No, I actually picked them up. I got some pine chips that we put down in the chicken coops for the nesting boxes. And um, I put them in a little box. And I was like, well, hell, I guess we got four little baby birds now. So I Googled, like, what to feed them, all this stuff, and there's a million different things out there on the Internet. So I just took some chicken feed and crunched it up and kind of made, like, a paste with water, and I fed them with a little toothpick, and they seemed to be liking it. Well, my wife got home, and she was wanting to do it, so we started looking, you know, how are we going to actually take care of these things? They have to eat every 15 minutes. (laughs) So we're like, no, we got to call somebody. (laughs) So we called the Humane Society in town, and they put us in touch with somebody that's got an actual bird sanctuary where they rehab them and stuff, and they came and picked them up. So, but hell, one of them was dead before the guy got there. That's a serious commitment. Fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's not happening. I got stuff to do, man. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know anybody that could do that other than someone who has to take care of birds for a living. I don't even like birds. Well, I don't either, but I didn't want to see it die. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's so many critters on our property. If I didn't pick them up, something would have got them pretty quick. Yeah. But anyway, where were we, Alicia? We were uh, trying to play it off that you cut out of here, and I forgot what we were talking about when you did. Oh, I was just saying, you know, that I the job has become, you know, more than just a job. It's a community, and it's a family. And, you know, I've watched – over the years, you know, when a knife maker is in need, you know, other knife makers rally and, you know, I've seen fundraisers and raffles and, you know, things where people have lost maybe a shop or, you know, something's happened where they've gotten ill and had to, you know, be down and out for a while. And, you know, just watching this community rally together to support their own is, it's impressive in its own right. So this is more than a job to me. Obviously, it pays my bills, but it's really a blessing to be a part of it. And I think something that makes it stick around and everybody wants to be a part of and keeps it alive and vibrant and growing. Yeah, it's definitely one hell of a community. We talk about that so much. You know, just how, like you said, someone could have a fire in their shop. And then there's GoFundMe accounts set up, and they're mm-hmm. over full. You know what I mean? They'll have, like, a goal, and they'll exceed it just because everybody wants to chip in. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy to be a part of it. And 99.9% of anybody that you'll meet at Blade Show, whether you've ever seen their face or heard their name, it's your friend within two minutes. Absolutely. It's almost like going back to, you know, preschool yeah. Everybody's your friend, you know, <laughs> when you just go out on the playground and you'll play with anybody, you don't care. Exactly. Exactly. It's like a family reunion out there. I wonder if that has anything to do with the fact that knife making is like a, by nature, an introverted hobby 
or profession. You know what I mean? We spend long hours by ourselves. It could be. We're just so excited to finally get around other people. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, a human. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, we all start off with something in common. You know what I mean? We know that ahead of time. We have a common interest. Just because we're there, we know that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it looks like Alicia's searching for some better signals. She's walking through the house. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am. Well, I think you found it because you were kind of skipping a little bit, and you're very smooth now. Yeah. Well, I went right next to the router. <laughs> there you go. Don't get no better than that. So where are you exactly. located in the world? Um, where do I live? Mm-hmm. I live in. Oh, that cut out at the perfect point. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I live in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I, you got like a little yeah. accent. I, I was almost picking up like a little bit of a Southern accent every now and then, but not really. So I was curious. I, you know what? I'll tell you what it is. I grew up in Southern Indiana, and in addition, if I'm talking to someone from the South or around people from the South, I will pick that up quicker than anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm definitely in the South. I'm in the swamp. (laughs) Yeah, so even just talking to you, like I said, I'll start to pick it up very quickly. (laughs) I'll try not to rub off on you too much. No, that's okay. It's all good. (laughs) Phrasing. Huh? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, my man. Favorite, uh, my favorite UFC heavyweights from Ohio. Oh, all right. Yeah, Stipe Miocic. That doesn't sound like an Ohio yes. name. Well, he's no, Croatian. it doesn't. He, he, his parents are Croatian, but he's a firefighter from Ohio. Oh, cool. Yeah, Ryan Brodbeck is uh, up in Cincinnati. He is. Matter of fact, we literally figured out that he probably lives a mile from me. Really? Yes. When I was looking at the address that they gave me, I'm like, wait a minute, that's a mile from where I live. That's awesome. Yeah. So we joke about, we'll go out, you know, and meet up and, you know, grab a drink, but life just gets in the way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, speaking of Ryan, we can go ahead and thank Ryan because Ryan Brobeck and Brobeck Ironworks is a proud sponsor of the Hustle and Grind podcast. And if you get a grinder kit from them, you can use the code HUSTLE and get you that Mareco Platin for free. So go and check that out if you're in the market for a grinder. Now would be a great time to look for a grinder. Since Blade Show is coming up, there are a lot of uh, of pickups that happen there. You know, if you, if you buy something from a company, you can pick it up at Blade Show. I don't know specifically if Broadbeck's doing that, but a lot of companies do. Oh, puppy. Yes, the puppy. <laughs> All my critters my, are outside. Y'all both yeah, got dogs. My pets are regulars on this show. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she likes to she loves to go wherever I am. So she does not like that I just left. <laughs> <laughs> does she go to the shows with you? No, she does not. Because uh, I'm a firm believer that you know animals are animals, and they don't need to go everywhere that humans go. I, Nothing, you know, nothing wrong with that. But even I need a little break sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so. What she a beagle? She is a puggle. So she is part beagle and part pug. 
Oh, I have a boingle, which is a beagle pointer. Oh, wow. I've never yeah. heard that. I feel like they're just breeding everything together at this point. They're just making up names. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Let's just see what two dogs we can put together. Yeah. Her name's Georgia. She's from Georgia. Oh, very nice. Yeah, she's a good girl. That's awesome. She's loud, though. <laughs> Super loud. Yeah, this one's not. She's getting up there in age. So... But yeah, she was, she had to come in and see what I was doing. So I figured I'd just let her sit up here for a minute. <laughs> I don't know anything about dogs. I'm, I can't jump in this conversation with you guys. Yeah, Jason's not a dog guy. No worries. I, I'm just not a fan of feeding something that can't feed me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's really what it boils down to. What do you mean? They're bred to feed you. Labrador retrievers. You shoot a duck, they go get the duck in the water and bring it back to you so you don't get See, wet. I skipped a step. I went straight to the duck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a dog. The duck's already here. <laughs> but see, that duck is going to give me eggs. The chickens give me eggs, you know, and if I need meat, we've got ducks and chickens and rabbits. Yeah. You know, chickens don't love you, though. That's good. They don't. They don't look at you the same way a dog does. But I do love chicken. <laughs> but it's not a, it's not an unconditional reciprocal love. No, yeah. it's definitely not that. No. There's no release of oxytocin in your brain when you pet your chickens. Exactly. There is when you take a bite. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So how's work been, Ryan? It's men. My coworker has the COVID, so. Oh, is that still a thing? Yeah. Well, I honestly haven't even heard that word in so long. You know, people actually having it. Somehow he made it two years, and his wife's a school teacher. Oh, wow. And he made it two years, and neither one of them, neither one of them caught it until last week. Well, luckily, I'm 100% safe. I haven't had it either. I've had it twice. That sucks. Meh. <laughs> I've, I've had the flu put me down worse. Well, it's funny. It, just, it made me really exhausted. Just like you get up to get a drink and you're just like, oh, that was the worst. You know, like you just ran a marathon. Yeah, I wouldn't want to feel that way for sure. Yeah. Too much stuff to do. What about you, Alicia? What are you doing? I'm just, I'm, I'm so curious about the director of Blade Show job. You know what I mean? <laughs> when you're not at the show and, you know, making phone calls, organizing things, like what's the day-to-day? It's got to be like the coolest stuff. You're talking to cool people all the time, I'm sure. You know, it. I will tell you, it's probably a balance. Um, I think some of the – something that we've started doing kind of in the last two years, it's been a lot more exciting is, you know, kind of coming up with new – um, blade show knives, new blade show products. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw like the awesome um, star that we worked on for uh, the Dow or the Texas show with uh, Prince Customs. You know, creating kind of these unique custom um, things that we are going to sell specifically for each show. So that's kind of been something that's been more exciting and working with some of the the exhibitors one-on-one with them creating these products that are custom. (coughs) And then, um, (coughs) excuse me. 
<clears throat> and then obviously new when we get a new venue that also brings a lot of new excitement to it i think for the first time you know 2022 we're super excited about all three of our host cities you know texas atlanta and now blade show west is going to be in salt lake utah so really all three cities states that are knife friendly you know support our industry we don't have to worry about knife laws um some would say more politically aligned with our you know community etc but just being in that um makes it exciting for this year too so in terms of kind of day-to-day there's gonna like any job there's the administrative organizational stuff but um you know, part of part of the joy of my job, too, is new exhibitors, you know, kind of feeding off their excitement. For a lot of guys, you know, they've aspired to get to Blade Show. Maybe that's on their bucket list. So you kind of get fueled by their excitement of, you know, coming to their first Blade Show. And with that also comes a lot of questions. You know, they want to put their best foot forward and bring their best product. And so kind of working with them and helping them navigate the the newness of the show for them. One of these days, one of my goals is to have a table at blade show, but I'm just, I'm not there yet. You know what I mean? I'm not known enough. I mean, I feel like being known enough doesn't even really have to be a factor. I think again, it just depends on what your social media presence is. Obviously that does help. But, um, you know, we would, I would also encourage people, and I've told people before to, you know, do one of our smaller events, do a Blade Show Texas, do a Blade Show West, kind of get that under your belt so you understand the show and what all it takes to be there. Because, obviously, when you do come to Blade Show Atlanta, you're coming to the, the Super Bowl. Right. And so, you know, not that your product wouldn't stand up against a lot of the product in there. But you are competing, you know, for every single customer walking in the door. So is the other 925 exhibitors in, you know, in those two rooms. Right. And it's, I don't know if it's public knowledge or not, but to get a table at Blade Show, there, it's a pretty long waiting list. Is that right? I was told that by someone who got their first table this, this year. We do have a wait list right now. However, um, you know, we move people off it. There's a lot of people that reach out to us and they're like, you know, did you have a table open up yet? And like I tell everybody when they email you, I promise you, we do not hold on to empty tables. If we get a cancellation, my next email is immediately to the next person on the wait list. Um, And then if they can't, I go to the next person and if they can't, so on. Because I understand, you know, somebody might have sent an email in January that's on the wait list. And now, you know, now it's April 18th. A lot of things change in three months. Right. And they might have given up and thought, well, I'm not going to make it. So they make other plans, which is understandable. So, um, but no, from doing this again for years and years and years, if you usually reach out to us before January of the year of the show, your odds are pretty good. You will get a table. We don't usually start selling out until about February. Okay. Well, that's cool. There you go, Ryan. You're in there. Get you a table for January. Mark on your calendar for January of next year. <laughs> You're going to be up in there. 
Now, there's there's advantages like everything else. You know, our our fee structure for table, you know, for exhibitor space, it, it's also based on dates. So, obviously, if you know you want to come to the show, the earlier you register and send in a contract, then your, right, your rate for your table will be less expensive, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. I don't... I don't know if my work is up to par to be on a table at Blade Show. <laughs> yeah. But I ain't been to a Blade Show yet. So Oh man, I wish you could come. You'll be here eventually, I'm sure. I'm shooting for next year. It is And I think that's something else I tell people sometimes too. If you've never been to the Blade Show, maybe don't come to the Blade Show your first year as an exhibitor. Come to the Blade Show, soak it all in and really look at what it takes in terms of showmanship, you know, not so much don't com- don't compare your knife to somebody else's knives because at the end of the day, you may not think your knife will hold up against, you know, someone else's knife. That doesn't necessarily matter. What really matters is what does the end customer want? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he may like something that you did on your knife, and that's all that matters. Um, so it's not really going to the show to compare if your product is as good, but it's what are other exhibitors doing to get people to their table. And I think that, um, if I could teach any class prior to blade show for any new exhibitor, it is don't sit behind your table. Don't have your head in your cell phone. You know, don't look down at the floor while you're sitting there and just assume that people are going to come up and look at your knife. You also need to take the effort to engage people. You know, you're basically like a car salesman. As much as that, that's basically the best analogy I can give you. Stand up, stand behind your table, say hello to someone. They may still walk by, but you have a much better chance of engaging them and then looking at your product if you are talking to them face-to-face rather than just sitting at your table with your head down in your phone or looking at the floor. There was a guy at the show last year. Um, I can't remember his name. <clears throat> I believe his brand was like BG Knives or BTG or something like that. BG Blades. Yeah, that's, I think that's who it was. The big, tall, uh, ball-headed guy. Mm-hmm. He was out in front of his table. Every single person that walked by, he was he was talking to them, wanting them to hold his knife. You know, he had a, a blade in his hand. And when he first came up to me, I was like, oh, man, don't kind of people get on my nerves sometimes. But he did it the right way. You know what I mean? He was very friendly, and we ended up hanging out with him. And uh, the little short guy, I think his name was Bino, until like 3 in the morning in the pit. They were super awesome guys, and he ended up selling out. Exactly. And like you said, that, um, and that's a great company and he, he supports all of our shows. Actually, he's, he's a outstanding, um, guy. And like you said, but he's figured out like, listen, you're in a room with a lot of other exhibitors and you have to, you know, you have to go a little above and beyond if you're going to sell your product. And I think the other important message about shows is, you know, people get maybe upset or they get frustrated. Maybe they didn't sell a knife. But if you at least networked, if you engaged people, you may not have sold a knife right there, but that doesn't mean three months down the road, that person that you spent, you know, 20 minutes talking to, 
you know, they may say, hey, now I'm really looking for that specific knife. I'm going to reach back out to that guy I met at the Blade Show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love watching, uh, you know, how people have their tables set up. You know, the different things that they do to kind of stand out. A lot of people just have just a knife laying there. And that's cool. You know, they're all good-looking knives. I think most of the people at Blade Show, they know they got to, you know, bring good stuff to even be there. So you're not walking around looking at junk. It's all good stuff. But some of the people have these elaborate stands built, you know, to hold the knives in crazy ways and lighting. And I enjoy looking at that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you're right. And like you said, they they do do that and they spend time. And I have a lot of guys asking, what are they allowed to do? What are they not allowed to do? And, you know, which is, I appreciate that, that they're taking the time thinking about it. Because again, with tables, you know, you're one of 680 tables. So if they all look the same, it's not going to do you any good. Right. So you, you do want to do something that sets yourself apart a little bit. Now, do you remember last year? Um, I don't know if you were there to see it live, but it's on, I think Blade Show reposted it. There was the girl that was dancing with the sword on her head. I probably saw it, it reposted. I yeah. Mean, it was like a I'm belly dancing a thing, this giant sword on top of her head. Yes. And I think we actually just reposted that recently for this year, too. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Um, <laughs> You know, it's difficult. I, as much as I would love to say I got, I get in on the show floor and walk around, it, it's very rare that I get a chance to do that. Usually if I'm on the show floor, it's because, you know, something needs my attention. Um, so I, I wish I could get out there and see everything, but it's, it's just not possible with everything that goes on at that event. So, well, Do you at least get down to the pit and enjoy some time down there afterwards? I do. I very much try to, um, you know, I, I enjoy, um, you know, walking around and talking to everybody. It's just hard sometimes because sometimes when people see me down there, you know, they want to talk about their space for next year or they want to, you know, yeah. ask questions. And I'm like, I just want to have a bourbon and relax for minutes. So. Yeah. <laughs> So I've actually spent a lot of time going around to other shows. You know, there's a lot of great um, producers of shows in our industry. And I've actually found a lot of enjoyment going to other shows as well, seeing those so that I get a chance to walk around and talk to all the guys. And I don't have the pressure of having to execute the show. Right. Yeah, that's got to be a relief to enjoy it from the other side. Ryan, we're going to – I think he's still muted. Ryan, you there? Yes. We're going to have to get you a curtain there, bud. Dude, isn't that bad? <laughs> That's why I put a piece of paper over the camera when I stepped away. I was like, I didn't want to blind you guys. Yeah, oh, I guess you were walking in front of the window because the light was coming through the paper. <laughs> oh, was it really? Yeah. But anyway – um, yeah, Ryan, you're gonna have to get to a blade show. It is it's an experience, man. It is unreal. I remember the first time I went to a blade show, I looked around and I was I felt kind of overwhelmed, you know, because there's just so much going on. And then the second time I went, I kind of had a feel for you know what was going to be happening, and still was overwhelmed. And then the third time I walked in there with my chest stuck out, you know, like I'm, I'm a vet now. 
Nope, it got bigger again. (laughs) Yeah, I'm shooting for next year, and then that gives me a year to mentally prepare, too, because it's no secret that I'm a big-time antisocial introvert, and I don't like crowds. No, you'll love this one. You say that, but... The show starts before you get into the show. Like, it's in the hallways. It it is everywhere. It's in the parking lot. You know, just to get in the front door, there's like a, a ballet song competition or a cutting competition or something going on outside in the parking lot. It is unreal. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm, <laughs> I, it sounds like I will get very overstimulated, but yeah, it's uh, I need time to mentally prepare myself for situations like that. So I think next year will be ideal and I have to get time off work. Well, in the in the venue that it's at, there's a place where you can walk down this one hallway and all of a sudden you're not at blade show anymore. There's like little restaurants. It's like a mall type thing. I found it one year and I haven't been able to find it again since like wherever that's at, but there's like a subway down there. You know what I mean? Just regular little stuff. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, well, that's just down the escalator out the main door. That's down the escalator of the main. Yeah. Like if you come out of the exhibit hall doors and go down the escalator, it's right there. Yeah, there's some restaurants down there. I have family in Georgia, too, so I wouldn't have to worry about a hotel. Yeah, I'm thinking of the escalator that leads down to the pit. It must be a different escalator. If you you come out of the actual exhibit hall doors, Mm -hmm. and you know where all the display tables are, you know, out there in that lobby area, right behind, and where all the Blade University classes are, which are right behind all those display tables, there's an escalator right there and an elevator. Oh, yeah, that's where the, the big glass corner, like the glass yes. wall. Okay. Yes, yep. and if you go down that, the subway is right there, and there's a Chinese restaurant and a sports bar restaurants down there. There might be one other restaurant down there still. I think COVID, yeah, I th- yes, I think COVID might have affected some of that, but there's a couple of restaurants down there. Yeah, good little place to eat. Mm-hmm. That's normal priced. They, I mean, you can get some pizza in the hallway at the at the Blade Show, but it's uh, it's priced per slice, so you're gonna want more than one slice for sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but what, let's talk about the classes. What all we got going on for classes this year? Anything new? You know, we have some great classes as always, and you know, we're so once again we're so lucky because we're part of an industry that's. Um, super excited. They, you know, they're willing to give back. They feel like, you know, the industry's given a lot to them and they're willing to pass on their knowledge. And, and obviously no one's going to ever come out of Blade U and, and be able to necessarily go back home and immediately start making a knife from an hour class. But, you know, it's just, it's one thing that sets us also apart from any of the other shows is, you know, you do have an opportunity for a very cost efficient you know, $25 to sit in a class is not at all expensive considering, you know, if you were to go to some of these guys, you know, classes, you're going to pay a lot more to, you know, learn from them, but you're also going to come away with a lot more knowledge. So, um, but yeah, we, we try to really, um, look at things that are, are of interest right now, kind of what's, piquing people's interest, what's new in the knife industry. Um, but we've got um, something also we're new, excited about this year. We're going to have a women's panel. You know, there's a lot of women getting into knife making. 
And they are some outstanding, um, highly accredited, legitimate, you know, knife makers Mm -hmm. that are women. Um, And so, you know, we want to celebrate that. We want to embrace that. Um, Then we have, you know, other classes. We have hands-on knife work, um, hands-on knife sharpening classes. We always have some type of grinding class that never seems to get old, no matter what we want to do with that topic. That's always one of our most popular classes. Um, you know, we've got Tom Crine and Lucas Burnley teaching that out in the courtyard this year. Um, and then, um, you know, very just various classes. So obviously all of those are listed. We have about 18 classes. All of those are all listed on bladeshow.com as well. Yeah, I know Kyle um, Daly's doing a firework class. And he is. That is He's something doing, that can set a knife apart, just that little simple file work. So he is. And he's done a great job. And he had a sold out class this year. And I think he's pretty getting pretty close to being sold out again this year. And um, same thing, you know, it's it's just like anything else when these guys are selling their products. You know, a lot of these guys do a great job of also promoting their class and that helps get people excited and and, you know, it, it also breaks up the day. I, I think you you really hit the nail on the head earlier, Jason, when you said Blade Show is an experience. And that's that's really how we try to market it. It's not just come to the show and buy a knife. Come for the weekend because, yeah. <laughs> yes, you know. You need the whole weekend. The, the buying element of seeing all the products. But you've got, you know, you've got Blade University classes. You know, take a break, go in and learn from some of the best in the industry. And then, like you said, outside in the courtyard, you've got the blade cutting championships. you got the ballet song competitions. Um, and then you have the community aspect, just the social aspect of it, you know, at night. So it really is an experience. And I think more and more and more people are starting to lean towards kind of purchasing that three-day pass because you're really just not – taking advantage of it if you're just coming for one day yeah, and that stuff in the parking lot the ballet song and the you know blade sports cutting competition that stuff's free yes i mean that's just another perk so, yes yeah we it is. we and, start you know, saving again, for blades just, early and, and those you know all of those things and then we have other free demos i mean ernie emerson teaches a, a demo every year that's free um so there's just all kinds of different things uh, for people to do, and it provides a nice kind of break from just walking up and down aisles and aisles and aisles of knives, and your eyes start to glaze over because you've looked at so much product. <laughs> so, you know, it's nice to have these other things to step away and take a break and, you know, um, you know get some knowledge, learn some things. Again, sit down in a room with some of the best in the business. Yeah. Definitely. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, bring up our other sponsor real quick. I believe they'll be at table, if it's the same as last year, I think it was 3B. That sounds pretty close to right. It's Phoenix Abrasives. They're your one-stop shop for all your abrasive needs, and use promo code HUSTLE10 to get 10% off at checkout. So, yeah, go hit them up. you reminded me. I need some flex belts. I got to order some more J-Flex belts, too. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to order just a couple, though, because I'm going to be picking up a lot in Atlanta. But uh, You know, I think that's another point, too, that you just made, Jason. Like, you obviously, we have so many customers that come in the door to 
to buy knives and all that stuff. But Blade Show is is almost become as much what we would say B to B, in other words, business to business, for sure, as it is business to consumer. So guys like you that are knife makers are coming in, and you know every supplier, pretty much in the knife making industry, be it a company that's selling grinders, signing, selling belts, selling you know Damascus, selling any of the products that you need to make knives, all those suppliers are now at the Blade Show as well. So there's just as much, you know, going on there where I look at that more as a business-to-business sell. It is. And, I mean, we go up there, the biggest thing we look for is handle material Mm because you can buy it online, and it's good stuff, but you can go to Atlanta, and the same people you buy from online are there. But, number one, you can actually, you can hold it in your hand. And you can look mm-hmm. at it. You can see, you know, the shine, the different figure of the wood or whatever material it may be. And you're saving money on shipping. I mean, you can go up there and, God, I came back last year with probably close to 100 sets of handle materials and liners. I mean, we were we had to go to the truck and empty my backpack. I couldn't carry it anymore. I had so much G10 in there. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's awesome. Anything you want is up there for a knife maker. I mean, all the well, way. Like you said, and you get to you get to build a relationship too. You mm-hmm. know, like you said, now you're not just making a transaction over a website. You know, and I think that's why in 2020, you know, so many people were like, "Well, try to do Blade Show virtual," and we're like, "It just it won't work." This is a very tactile industry. People, you know, they want to see the knife. They want to feel it in their hand. They want to flip it if it's a you know if it's one of that type of knife. So. Same thing with your handle materials, you know. You really want to see it. You want to you want to hold it. You want to look at it. You want to see all the different options. And and then, again, relationship. You're just forging relationships as well. So, you know, I don't think virtual Blade Show would really ever work because it's really just a more face-to-face and, again, highly tactile type industry. Yeah, a lot of makers know, too, that you can hide a lot of imperfections in really good camera work. Mm-hmm. You know, so how you, like if you don't in a virtual one, how are you going to look down the choil? How are you going to see if the scales are perfectly flat on the tang? How are you going to, you know, it's you got to hold it in your hand. It's that's the hard part about selling knives over the Internet. Yeah, is is like you can take a picture of a turd and make it look like a really decent knife if you're really good with camera work. Mm hmm. Yeah, and at Blade Show too, if you, you know, online, there's, we'll just use handle material for an example. There's a handful of guys that are known as the big dogs. You know what I mean? It doesn't make the little dogs product any better or worse. But if you're kind of iffy on buying from someone you haven't heard of, if you go there, you can hold it. You know what I mean? If you hold a piece of wood, you can tell if it's stabilized well. You know, you can see the figure in it. And it kind of takes that guesswork out of making a sale you know, or I guess a purchase from someone you haven't heard of before. You can you can physically check it out before that money changes hands. Yeah, you can see the chatoyance. I love that word, chatoyance. I do too. It's such a stupid word. <laughs> <laughs> I've never even heard that word until handle material. Handle material is tough too because if you get burned on a block, you know, of stabilized wood that's not stabilized all the way through, what are you going to do? You know, there's nothing I you mean, can do. The big guys will probably go good for it, but some guy doing it on the side at 
in his garage, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and by that time, you've already cut into it or ground it up or whatever. You can't just send it back, you know? Right. So. All right, well, we've been going at this thing almost an hour. Alicia, we thank you so much for coming on here with us. Um, we're going to do another show like we did last year with a you know a whole bunch of guests going through. Um, we'd love for you to come back on that one with us just to kind of touch base while you're at the show, kind of give us a little rundown. But uh, anybody out there who's going to have a table at Blade, get in touch with me if you want to be on that preview episode. I want to stick to people that are actually showing at Blade. That way you can promote your table, let everybody know where you're at, what you're going to have, all that kind of good stuff. And, uh, guys, it's coming up. It's coming up quickly. Is Brian House doing a revolution table? I don't think so. No. I know he had talked about it, but I don't think he is. Yeah, I don't recognize that name. I mean, sadly, <laughs> I know people always, when they come to check in and people can't find their, you know, badge thing, I'm like, it's under this name, blah, and they just look at me and I'm like, I, I've been doing this for so long. I just, I literally look at these names and these exhibitors and their table locations like every single day. So yeah, it gets ingrained into my brain for sure. I'd like to shout out Brian House real quick because every time he shouts me out on the Work For It podcast, he screws my name up. Brian, we've had hours of conversations, bro. <laughs> it's Ryan Chadbourne Knifeworks. Ryan Chadbourne Knifeworks. Not uh, Ryan Chadbourne Custom Knives. Not Ryan Coakley Doakley Chadbourne Custom Knives. Ryan Chadbourne Knifeworks. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've talked to him so much, and every time he does it, I'm like, oh, I'm like, come on, dude. That's right, Brian Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Plaus of the – sells the revolution. The revolution. The revolution. All right, guys. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. You, are you two good? Anything else we want to touch on before we call it a day? No, it was great meeting you. Um, hopefully someday I'll be – worthy to have a table at blade but i'll have to go and endure the crowds first you know it sounds way funner when you're not at a table it, it does and i think it's i like i said i think it's it's you know my best advice to people a lot of times that are thinking about it and maybe never even done a show again coming to atlanta is it's really is it's like coming to the super bowl so you know dip your toe in maybe do you know, a show somewhere in the in the region or if there's shows in the New England region, you know, once you're ready, obviously come to a Blade show, but then maybe, you know, set up at a table at a smaller show and just start to understand the process and then come to Atlanta because, you know, the turnover rate is, it's, you know, it's high for Atlanta. I mean, it's not high like 80%. But I think a lot of people don't come back because they feel like, well, I didn't sell anything, not realizing that it's probably because you didn't, you know, make the effort. You just put your product out on the table and thought it would sell itself, and it's not going to do that in a Blade show. It's it's like you almost got to have like a carny mentality. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to the fair and those guys are like, come on, man, win this teddy bear for your girl, three darts for a dollar, you know, like they're always in your face. Not saying that these the merchants got to be in your face, but they have to at least make themselves present. Right. 
And that will be the key to success for not only even a Blade show, but again, I think the biggest takeaway is just, you know, use the show for what it's intended. It's it's intended to network. It's intended to meet new people. You may not make the sell right then and there, but that doesn't mean that you won't, you know, make a sell down the road. Awesome. Definitely a cool place to be, whether you're buying or selling or whatever. Even my wife does not care anything about knives at all whatsoever. She don't even look at my knives anymore. <laughs> but I mean, it's just such a fun event. She enjoys going up there and, you know, searching for handle material for me. I'll lose sight of her for, you know, 15, 20 minutes or whatever. And then I see her across the room and she's coming back with bags full of handle material. So <laughs> yeah, she even has fun up there. Not even caring about knives. My wife will be going with me when I go. Cause She'd kill me if I went on a trip without her. Yeah, her. dude. Finally, finally, get me out of the garage or the house, and especially my, in the pit, uh, home. It's fun, <laughs> and it's like I won't say family friendly in the pit. It's not anti-family not in, in the, the pit. pit, but the rest of the show. I was just gonna say that the rest of the show really is. Oh, for sure. It, the yeah. show itself absolutely is. Yeah, but the pit it's, can get a little bit rowdy. But I take my wife to the pit, and we have a blast. It's like the highlight mm-hmm. of our year. Yeah, I mean it's it's couples friendly, I guess. Even the the wives that aren't knife makers, they gather up in their own little groups, you know, talking shit about us probably, but they're having their own fun, you know. <laughs> that or they're okay. right in the middle. You know, there are and there's so many guys that bring their wives and and significant others at this point, and I think they look like you said they look forward to it just as much. It's a it's a family reunion. Mm-hmm. That's like the best thing I can compare it to. It's starting, you know, it's a family reunion and more and more people are starting to come in on, on Wednesday night, you know, they're ready to, to get started. And last year we had people camping outside on Wednesday. That was the earliest people started camping out for the show to open on Friday. It used to be Thursday, but we started with Wednesday this past year. So that's crazy. There's a lot of cool stuff in there, but. I can't think of nothing I'd want bad enough to sleep on the streets of Atlanta for. <laughs> I just, Atlanta. I don't know where they took their showers and went to the bathroom, but that's not my issue. So. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Miss Alicia, I'll be seeing you soon. And I'm serious now. If you end up in Atlanta, need a hand. I'm an hour and a half down the road. So you, All right. you give me a holler. You, 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 you never know. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. We're going to talk to you again real soon. All right, you guys have a great one. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on with us. We'll see you soon. Okay, thanks. Keep on hustling and keep on grinding, guys.